we want to talk a little bit about you and what you do, but but first, just in case anyone who's listening is not entirely clear on what a gap year is, what is a gap year and why might a student consider it? Sure. Well, I like to define a gap year as a structured time of personal growth aided by activities of enrichment. So it sounds a little bit broad, and that's actually part of the point. It's a gap year is really a bridge into adulthood from, you know, whether you take it after high school or sometime during college or, um, you know, after college even is a good time to take it. It's really an opportunity to launch yourself into adulthood on your own terms, but there's some scaffolding that's required for it to be a gap year and not just a void that you fall into. So if, you know, it's great for students who don't know exactly what they want for themselves after high school who want to do some career exploration. It's also great for students who feel a little bit burned out after high school if they've had a really challenging high school experience. Um, and also appropriate for anybody who just feels like they want to experience the real world a little bit before launching into their post-secondary education. So, you know, I, I've had a couple of students in the past who have done a gap year, either through travel, work, internships, a variety of different experiences. Some went through formal gap year programs and a couple just sort of took a year and figured some things out and did something on their own. I think one of the reasons that I've heard people have concerns about a gap year, either maybe a high school counselor or a parent have some hesitation about this is that they do think it's just going to be, like you said, a void. They just think it's like, so you're just going to hang out on the couch for a year. You're just going to be bumming around. What kind of experiences do most people seek out in a gap year if it's not just, you know, a couch with video games for a year. What do you, what is maybe a typical kind of experience or what do people usually look for? Sure. I think that the most important quality of a gap year is that it's intentional. So that's really what keeps it from being just a void. It's, it's supposed to be meaningful and productive, but on the terms of the, of the students themselves. So a student is self-directing their learning, which is sometimes for a student the first time that they have the opportunity to do so. So a gap year really just starts with goals, you know, personal goals that are important for that student. And sometimes that's a hobby they want to dive deeper into. Sometimes that's professional development and career exploration through an internship or volunteering or a work experience. Or sometimes it's gaining those adulting skills that are sometimes you don't have the opportunity to gain when you're in high school. So learning how to manage your time, learning how to budget your money, all those things that are going to be really beneficial to you once you start college or vocational school or anything else after high school. So with, with all that, I mean, some of the things you just listed off, I feel like people say they want taught more in high school. You know, you see the same sort of memes and images like flying around the internet where why didn't they teach me how to change a tire or balance a checkbook or pay my taxes? You know, no one uses algebra two or whatever the class may be in the gap year, say in a formal gap year program, are there things like classes that are actually providing some of this, this sort of structure and education, or is this really supposed to be more of sort of a free range experience? I mean, I know, I know someone could do sort of anything. I'm just saying in sort of a quote unquote, typical gap year experience, are there supports and formal scaffolds in place, or is this very much an organic learn as you go kind of experience? Typically, there is some sort of structure to it, and but it's very experiential. So most people can get on board with it, even if they are not typical classroom learners, or if they are, they love learning in a classroom, but they just need to take a break from classroom learning for a while before they start it up again. So that's really what we're seeing is that a student who maybe learned biology in a classroom in high school and is like, mm, do I even like science, but put them in an animal sanctuary in Thailand and all of a sudden they see, you know, 
they learn about ecology or they learn about the biology of the animals they're working with. And all of a sudden that learning comes alive. And that's really what the promise of a gap year is, is to learn through doing and, and have people understand the world a little bit better because of that. That's great. And I like how you said, you know, learn through doing that has been an unintentional theme across a lot of these podcast episodes. I've Mm -hmm. been amazed at how many people, um, just community leaders, uh, some other teachers talk about how, how much more they learn by doing, you know, you learn through the experience and you pick it up that way. And I think that sometimes not that people distrust that, but when we're sort of saturated with the idea of public school or, or a formal classroom experience, I think sometimes people underestimate how much we can learn just by doing and having that experience. And so in a gap year, you know, whether it's through travel or through community service or something like that, the focus is on doing, do you find that most, again, my focus is on going to be on young people. So high mm-hmm. school leading into college, maybe college leading into sort of the, the adult workforce. Do you see most people choosing programs or destinations or activities that align with what they might want to do in college? Or do you think a lot of people pick something? I don't want to say not random, but you know, just like take a flyer on something new or do a lot of people sort of stay within their own comfort zone or maybe the the place where they have their goals? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. Mostly what I see gap year students doing is um, taking, doing something that's a little bit formalized through a program sometimes at the beginning of their gap year to kind of launch them in a more structured way into their gap time. And then as the gap year progresses, taking on more independence and more self-directed activities where they might dive deeper into an area of interest or try something new. Or, you know, I've had students say that they, you know, they've never um, been near the ocean before, but they want to get their PADI certification in scuba diving. Um, So it really is an opportunity to kind of try something wacky and wild that you maybe have just seen on TV. Um, but have it be an opportunity to kind of test your limits, but in a, in this container of a gap year where you're given permission to try new things. Yeah, that's cool. That You're right. Like, I guess by having a start and a stop date, so to speak, it helps to avoid some of the, maybe the anxiety that we experience with other things. We're like, you know, I think when you finish college and it's like, well, I got to get a job or I can do this. And, and then there's like a million options and it all feels so overwhelming and you almost like don't know what to do with it. But it's because you start thinking about like forever. You start thinking about this is 10 years, 20 <laughs> years. If you're coming out of high school and you have one year to do it, having the security of knowing like there's a point where I'm going to stop this and I'm going to whatever, return to school, get a job. But, you know, having some, I think you use the word container, you know, having sort of a container mm. to put it in creates maybe a little bit more of a, a quote unquote, like safe space to experiment, to do something new. Um, do you, do you think that most, I don't know how to say this, do most students that you've worked with end up attending a traditional four-year college or does, is this something that a lot of students sort of either change path or they weren't interested in the first place Do we end up at technical schools, community colleges, just go to the workforce? Like what, what happens after a gap year? Right. Well, we do have some data about that. And that's that we, we've seen, we see about 90% of students who take a gap year start college within a year, if that was their original intention. So we do see nine out of 10 people, you know, following their plan. Anecdotally, what I see in my practice is it really depends on the starting point of that student. A lot of my students who are college bound defer their admission from their school of choice. So again, it kind of wraps it up into like a five-year plan, which is kind of nice because it allows that it allows them to start their gap year with that security of knowing what's happening next. 
other students choose to take a gap year because they don't know exactly what their education is going to look like after high school. And they want that time to explore and try new things and figure out if they have a true interest or a skill set that they want to pursue through post-secondary education. So um, most of the students who I work with who have plans to start college after their gap year, you know, almost universally do start on time. Um, But I have one or two over the years who say, you know, actually what I discovered on my gap year is that what I want to do doesn't necessitate a four-year degree. So I'm going to go to vocational school or I had a student enroll in the Marines after his gap time and things like that. So that happens too. And I think that it allows a student to be so much more intentional about their choice because they've had some experiences that give them reasons that they're making that decision. It's not just the conveyor belt decision making of what's expected of you because you come from a military family or a four-year college family or an Ivy League family, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's probably really important too. And and I'm sure there's some parents hearing this that are sort of, you know, tensing up at the idea that maybe we <laughs> change our minds. But if you put all this in terms of the actual data about, you know, how students are doing in college, the average student doesn't graduate in four years. You know, we're seeing like a five to six year graduation time. I think the average undergraduate student changes their major. I think that the number is like two and a half times. So, you know, two to three, two to four times we see major changes. And then you got to remember that, you know, just over 60% of people with a college degree end up with a job that is not specifically related to their degree. I mean, I have friends, I went to James Madison University here in Virginia and I loved it. It's, It's fantastic. But I have friends who finished school, Tempt, did some other stuff and then run a small business with a friend has nothing to do with what they studied. I have a friend who's like a a goat farmer now. He makes, (laughs) he makes like artisan cheeses. It's fantastic. No need to have gone to college. I mean, you know, and I I don't think his family was hurting necessarily, but man, wouldn't it have been great if he had figured that out before sinking four years of both time and money into an education um, you know, and I'll never say that education is a bad thing. I don't think it's bad that he went. I just don't know that he needed it. And so for a student who's maybe less confident about their future plans, or if you're the person who feels like you might change your mind, wouldn't it be great to do that in a situation where there's a little less pressure, a little less structure, you don't have to formally change your major and issue paperwork in the middle of your gap year, I've changed my mind. I, I, I think that that's maybe something that more high school counselors and maybe more parents should be aware of. Because as we're seeing both the cost of college rise, but we're also seeing a lot of students struggle in college, either with the timing or the cost or, you know, making a final decision, maybe taking a year off of school is a nice way to refocus your energy for when you return to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my experience, I, like I said, I've taught a few students who have had gap years, but I don't think the counselors tend to be entirely supportive. I I don't want to say that they're discouraging it. I just don't know that they promote the idea very much. And I think when a student brings the idea up, I think a lot of times they get the, oh, you know, that's great. And that's something to consider. But, you know, have you looked at this school? <laughs> you know, and and, and that, that might just be locally where I work or, you know, counselors that I know. But I, I get the sense that's how a lot of that conversation goes. From your perspective as an independent advisor, do you think that gap years get maybe a fair or equitable treatment from high school counselors and parents in that way? Great question. I think that we're getting there. I think that there's more education out there about what a gap year is. And also there's a lot of buy-in from the college side. And that's really been the biggest benefit to the gap year industry is the fact that colleges see the benefits on campus of their students who took gap time. And we have some statistics about from Middlebury and UNC Chapel Hill about the performance, the academic performance of their gap year students. And that has given 
uh, that has shown a lot of light on, on what students do once they do get to college after taking a gap year. And so a lot of institutional, there's a lot of institutional support around gap years, which has been very helpful to parents and educators and counselors to help feel more comfortable with the idea. But overall, I do think it's still a little bit of an unknown and people are a little bit scared about it. But I think that as a society, we've spent the past generation or two really, really feeling good about college as the as the best pathway towards a successful life. And the world has changed a lot since. And I don't think that the education or the creativity and innovation has necessarily caught up with what we think of as best practice. And if we were to reverse engineer, you know, what an educational system looks like, it probably wouldn't look like what we're seeing where students are taking six years to graduate with a four-year degree with $37,000 on average in debt. It's just not, it's not what I would consider a, you know, a great system that we have in place, even if our educational opportunities are fantastic. It's just, it's about preparing the students in the right way for them and to get them to appreciate it once they're there. Yeah, I I agree. I think one of the things that I talk about a lot in this podcast, and, and it always goes a little differently depending on, you know, who the guest is and, and who I'm talking to, but it, it's what, you know, should we be doing in school or how do we make these things better? And I've only had a couple people who suggest sticking with what we're doing. And so 